we always say that there's a fine line between a guard and an inmate. It's so, it's really a fine line. And in Atlanta, they beat your ass real quick. Hi, I'm Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel dealer. Join me as I walk you through my past robberies, how I planned them, executed them, and ultimately got caught. I'm gonna show you how we did things in prison, like making a tattoo gun, making wine, making white lightning. It's gonna be very educational. These are the untold stories. Hey everybody, Larry Lawton here to do another great video. This video is gonna be on the toughest prisons in the United States. But before I get started, please check out my program on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Larry Lawton Jewel Thief or go to YouTube right here. Check out our program here and join. Or also, please join Larry Lawton's Action Crew. That's That costs nothing, but you might make a difference by helping us email some people. Let me jump into this video. This video is going to be a good video because a lot of people have been asking about it. And they always ask me, hey Larry, what's the toughest prison in the United States? Or how was it in a maximum security prison in the United States? Well, first, let me first classify prisons in the United States. And then we're going to talk about what makes a prison tough. And, you know, there's a couple of criteria. A person like me who's been in prison looks at a prison and why is it tough? You know, you can get along with people, but you might not be able to get along with the guards and the staff at a prison, and that might make it tough. The food at the place might be so bad. Now, trust me, food in any prison sucks. Let's get that straight. You know, there's a saying, when a person gets out of prison, they always ask them, what'd you miss most? What'd you miss most when you're in prison? And you ask anybody who's did any time, and you know what they say? Food. They don't say sex. You think, oh, you miss a woman or something of that nature, but no, it's food. Because the food in prison is just terrible. It's the worst of the worst. They feed inmates on literally pennies on the day. They're breaking down to like 50 cents a day per inmate. That's a fact. That's not just look it up. You can look it up. And private prisons are worse. The private prison industry to me is it should be abolished. They should close all private prisons because the way they treat people and how do you could put a, a price tag on a person's head to keep him incarcerated. It's sad that these prisons are making money off the backs of people's misery. And that's just what they're doing. And how do they cut costs? They cut costs on food. They cut costs on less guards on staff at night. So if somebody's in one unit and the other unit and something happens in this unit, there's nobody there. Nobody there to maybe hit an alarm and get somebody help if he's having a heart attack or he's, I've seen that happen in a, in a prison. And that was a regular prison, a federal prison. But let me keep going on to prisons and what makes them tough. Is it the gang activity in that prison? Is it the assaults in that prison? Is it the conditions? Is it an old prison? Is it dirty? Is it uh, a, a prison that you can't, you know, get any medical care at? Or is it the staff? Is the staff so bad that they beat you? Well, let me, let me classify the prisons I was at. I was in a maximum security prison and I was in a medium security prison. I never made it to a low security prison or what they call a camp, which has no fence around it at all. And obviously we have in the United States in the federal system, we have what they call holdovers or FDCs, federal detention centers. They're usually in cities. So they hold a person, uh, gets arrested in a city, he goes to the federal detention center, 
And while he's at that federal detention center, he goes to his case. And after his case, he gets sent up the river, so to speak, they call it. And he's going to a regular prison. And then it depends on the classification of the person. Uh, I ended up going on maximum security prison because I had a violent crime. You had, I had over 10 years. Uh, and now, matter of fact, young people out there, I want you to pay attention to this. If you have over a five-year sentence and you're under 25, they're going to put you in a maximum security prison because they consider you a higher risk inmate just because of your age. As wrong as it is, that's what they're going to do. Now, let me keep going on the prisons and what's the toughest prison, what I thought made a tough prison. I was in a, a couple of maximum security prisons. I was in Lewisburg, just through the holdover in Lewisburg. I was in USP Atlanta, and I was there for a couple of years. And I was also in Edgefield, South Carolina. Now, you're going to say, which one's the worst? Atlanta, United States Penitentiary Atlanta, was built in 1903. 1903. 40-foot walls, the gun towers. The wall is 3 feet thick, 40 feet high, and 20 feet underground. Old rats, cockroaches, the dirt, oldness of the prison was rusted out. I mean, you can you can grab bars, have a cut, and get uh, you know get really sick because you can get what is that uh, tetanus? You have to get a tetanus shot if you do something like that. It was it was a horror show that prison. I was in there from 1997, and I got out of there in 1999. And when I tell you it was a rough prison, it was a rough prison. They would beat your ass in a drop of a hat. They had a lieutenant there who, to this day, and I'll never forget his name, his name is Cartret. Lieutenant Cartret, he was sued many times. You could look him up in the federal system. Lieutenant Cartret, United States Penitentiary Atlanta. He was from New York too. What a scumbag. This man beat people. I, I was next to a cell where they broke a guy's leg. I heard the snap of the leg. They came in there, and that was in the hole in that place. Now, they even had two holes in that place. They had what they called Charlie House. They had A House, B House, and D House, which is regular housing units. And then they had Charlie House, which was a old, old, the bars along the tiers. That's what Al Capone had a cell there. And Charlie House was part of the hole when I was there. They also had, well, you want to call it the newer part of the prison, down near the uh, the gymnasium in that area, back down that end of the uh, the prison system, they had a holdover where uh, inmates would be coming. It was it's a major holdover on the East Coast, and a lot of inmates go through that. And once they go through Atlanta holdover, they'll never in their life want to go to Atlanta. Everybody who's ever been there says, "Man, it's the worst place that I've ever been." Well, I used to tell them, "Yeah, that you think that's bad? Go in the prison. It's worse." And the way they treat you is really, really bad. The food sucked. I was in the kitchen. When I worked in the kitchen, they had uh, meat from Desert Storm, 1992. This is in 1997. They had Desert Storm meat. And, you know, matter of fact, I remember eating a hamburger. And you'd think, oh, hamburger day. It's a big day. You want a hamburger. That's all a big deal in prison. And I bit into a hamburger and I chipped a tooth. It was the worst, it was bone in the meat. And it was because it scraped from the worst part of the cow. And let me tell you something. I never ate meat for a year. I didn't eat meat for a whole year after that incident because the meat was just, I, I, I even get nauseated thinking about it right now. 
And I really do. And that was one of the worst prisons I was in. Also, Edgefield. And Edgefield was, you know, I call that the trickery prison. That was a new prison that was built in Edgefield, South Carolina. Matter of fact, guess what? Uh, old Senator Strom Thurmond owned the land and leased it back to the Bureau of Prisons. Talk about kickbacks and all the crap that goes on in Congress. Well, anyway, this prison in Edgefield, South Carolina, brand new, looked good, didn't have the 40-foot walls. It had multiple fences going around the whole prison, double fences, double barbed wires, all of that, senses on the fence, the whole works. But the way they treated you there, that's the prison that Lamana was at, a piece of garbage warden that knew my name and he wanted to get me. And that's a prison they killed three of my friends at. Killed, medically, three of my friends were killed there. Numerous stabbings. Uh, both of those prisons had stabbings and murders and overdoses and, and the stuff you, you're going to hear about in most prisons. And it, it got bad, and it was bad. Edgefield had worse guards and worse administrative staff. They had a guy named Brawley, who was the... Uh, first, he was my unit manager or counsel or case manager. Then he became the unit manager. And in fact, he ended up going to my next prison to come chase me, threw me in the hole. He became what they call the SIS, which is like the police of the prison, literally the cops of the cops and the cops of the inmates. They investigate cop corruption and everything that goes on in a prison. It's called SIS. Well, that's how bad they were. You, you get, it depends on who runs a prison that really makes it bad and in the staff end of it. Now, as far as the inmate end of it, what I found at Atlanta, US, United States Penitentiary in Atlanta, we had a lot of convicts. Now, there's a difference between a convict and an inmate. A convict is a guy who's stand-up dude, doesn't cow to the system, it, it, you know, he, he's not a rat, he won't, he won't be a, a, a do-boy for the prison and do everything they say, and he's a convict, he's a, a stand-up guy. Then you have inmates. Inmates kind of like a little weasels, you know, kind of like a weasel person. He's an inmate. Not all of them are like that, but you don't know if the guy's real convict. I was known in the prison system as a convict. The guy was a stand-up guy. So Atlanta had a lot of stand-up guys, a lot of convicts. Even We didn't even have a, a, a black-white incident issue there. You're going to have your, your, your gangs. You're going to have your blacks are controlling this, whites are controlling this, uh, Hispanics are controlling this, and that, that's normal in every prison. But you really stuck together. I mean, yeah, each, each group had their own uh, shot call, as they call them. The guy who's a shot call runs that group, if you want to call it. And in Atlanta, but you didn't see the hate on each other. We really stuck together in Atlanta more against the prison or against the institution itself or what they do to people. Now, in Edgefield, another, there were a lot of convicts there, but there were a lot more interracial gang stuff, also in the gang stuff. I mean, I saw two white gangs fighting each other. I saw two black gangs fighting each other, Hispanic and black fighting each other, more so in uh, Edgefield, South Carolina. Uh, I got put in a hole in that place for 11 months straight 
for fighting the deaths of three of my friends for writing that article. And it's what's wrong with the system because you, you, there's no way to voice your opinion in the right way without either getting beaten, which I was beaten. I was beaten, strapped down naked, and tortured in Edgefield. Literally, strapped down naked, beaten, beaten, bloody, beaten, strapped down naked, and peed on. Peed on by guards. I was in the hole for 11 straight months in Atlanta. One of the biggest scum holes, uh, not Atlanta, in uh, Edgefield, South Carolina. I was beaten in Atlanta, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of these guards are just statistic. Uh, it's really a fine line. We always say that there's a fine line between a guard and an inmate. It's so... It's really a fine line. And in Atlanta, they beat your ass real quick. Cartret and that crew. They had a whole crew there at that time. You know, it's funny. By the time I was getting out of prison and near the end of my prison sentence, I heard through the grapevine. I remember I went there in 1979 to 1999. Well, traveling Con Air, which is the plane that takes people up in the shackles, and, and, and your leg irons and the marshals run the plane. It's a really violent uh, place as well. Uh, I heard a rumor that Cartret found God and, and after being sued and he's come clean with all of his uh, issues and whatever it was with beating people. You know, I don't know if it's true. I hope it was true uh, because that man was the devil. I mean, that, I don't know if it is true, but that man was the devil. And him and, and then Lamana, who the warden at, at Edgefield, was really bad. But now let me, let me just touch on Atlanta. Now, then I went to mediums. Well, we had a lot of gang problems in some medium security facilities. Now, a maximum security facility hurls murderers and, and very high-end people, uh, leaders of gangs, uh, people who have 50-year sentences, 100-year sentences, crazy sentences that you want to know how, how they're never getting out ever so it's like a life sentence but it if you have life in the federal bureau of prisons they don't they put on the prison record they call it letters you got letters if you got letters you're never getting out ever you only get out in a body bag and it's just a shame with the system uh, our system works that way uh, you don't see that in a lot of other countries at all so anyway now let's get to the toughest prisons now some of those mediums, before I started, some of those mediums are pretty tough. Some of those medium prisons can get really tough, too, uh, from gang perspective. And they got people who got 30-year sentences, 20-year sentences, even life sentences at mediums. You definitely have that. Now, the, the maximums have guys like me. Like, I went from a maximum security prison, then I went to a medium security prison, I screwed up by going off on a, a unit manager and throwing shit at her, causing $2,000 worth of damage in the office in the prison I was at, and then they sent me back to the penitentiary. That's how they did it. So they would test you out. And a lot of people who come from penitentiaries to mediums, they end up going back because they had a different mindset. Your mindset is a little bit more survival. A little, you, you, It's tougher for you to lay down. You see some crap that you're not going to put up with, uh, whether it's pedophiles. Now, you can even get to lower prisons, and if they have a pedophile there and nobody's what they call checking him in or beating his ass or doing something, you know, those kind of weak, we call them weak prisons. But in the, in the whole United States, and if you look it up on any computer, and you type in what's the toughest prison in the United States, 
You know what you're going to hear? A federal prison in Florence, Colorado called an ADX. It's called Supermax Prison ADX, Florence, Colorado. I was on a, uh, on Con Air and I ended up being right behind one of the guys going there. And I was actually, I mean, you want to talk about, he, he was a pretty psycho himself and he was going to the ADX. And they don't get out of there. They have prisoners like Timothy McVeigh was there before he was executed. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, is there. They put some serious people at the ADX. And it's, you want to talk about, they even say it's the most in, inhumane prison in the United States. There is no, forget rehabilitation, they're never getting out. Uh, none of those people are ever getting, you don't just go to an ADX. You go in there for a reason. You're going there because you're either uncontrollable or a flight risk. Uh, but I did hear of uh, one of the spies who got like 20 years go to the ADX, and you wonder why that man went to the ADX except for torture, because that's all they had to do there is torture that man, because he did have a date. Uh, I forget the case, actually, but I, I do remember him in the system and then him going to the ADX. I do remember that. So now also... You have, if you want to consider state prisons, as far as most people know, San Quentin in California, where they have a death row as well. And they have, I don't know, hundreds of people on death row there. Uh, actually, the federal prison in ADX does not have a death row. The death row for the Federal Bureau of Prisons is in Terre Haute, Indiana. And they have a, a death row there. The death row is not at ADX in uh, uh, Colorado. It's not there. But San Quentin is a state prison in California, and it's known as one of the toughest prisons in the United States, and it has a death row. And the other toughest prison is on the East Coast in New York, Sing Sing. That's in upstate New York. That's another one known for being old, decrepit, uh, fights, gangs, murders, and it's a maximum security prison. Those three prisons are known as the toughest. There's two state prisons and the Federal Bureau of Prisons, uh, Supermax. So if you look those up, but the prisons I was in at when I was in prison, USP Atlanta was known within the inmates, within the convicts, within the people who mattered in my world was USP Atlanta was the worst of the worst back then. They had, uh, I'm not, the, now they, they went through their stuff. Atlanta was taken over by the Cubans in 1986, literally taken over. The whole prison was taken over. And they had the National Guard surround that prison. Think of that, the National Guard. Now, this is a prison with 40-foot walls, 20-foot underground, gun towers, and they still had the National Guard surround the whole prison after the Cubans from the Freedom Flotilla back in 1980, they ended up uh, taking over the prison in uh, USP Atlanta. United States Penitentiary Atlanta, when I was there, was one of the worst prisons in the country. And it was worse because of its decrepitness, the oldness, the uh, the way uh, the guard, the lieutenant there, and the guards beat your ass with a drop of a hat. It was so bad, they had a warden come in there named Willie Scott. Talk about a memory. I'll never forget that name. Willie Scott. Big Willie Scott. Look him up. I'm sure he's on the internet, so I never did, but look him up. Willie Scott he was a big old black guy. And they called him a troubleshooting warden. His job was to go around to prisons that were out of control and he would clean them up. He had authority to totally take out uh, any inmate out of that prison that night, put them on a bus and transfer them. 
that night without going to the region. How the Bureau of Prisons works, they have the central, the head of the Bureau of Prisons in Washington, D.C. Then you have regions, and the southeast region, north regions, and uh, central region, all these regions around the country. Well, if you got transferred, you'd go from your prison, then it has to go to the region and be approved, then it goes to Washington and gets approved. Willie Scott had the authority to put you on a bus and transfer you that night, that night, out of that prison. You're gone. You could forget any legal work, any kind of possessions you did have or you thought you had, you don't have any more uh, when that happens because that's just the way prisons work. Now, what, what, what do you do with county jails? How do we rate county jails? How do you rate uh, uh, other jails in around, around the country? You know, holdovers, we call them. Well, I was in holdovers. I was in numerous holdovers. I was in numerous county jails, from Elizabeth County Jail in New Jersey, which was a scum hole, to a Seminole County Jail in Florida, uh, to New York. So you, you can go to these county jails, and they are what they are, county jails. They hold people up to a year. And they're scum holes, too. And you're going to get a lot of what we, we used to call, you know, that we called them the warrior camps. You see how tough you are to go to those prisons. I remember when I ended up going back to prison after leaving to the halfway house and then not getting along with the halfway house director and telling I was going to kill him, that I ended up going back to prison and they first put me in the Seminole County Jail. Boy, to me it was cream. It was easy. Obviously, you know, you get used to the garbage food again. You get used to the, the treatments, but it's not the level of inmate or convict I worried about. Uh... The first thing you do in prisons, in any of these prisons, you, the best way you can tell a tough prison, and here's something for everybody out there, when you walk into any prison, just look at what they're wearing on their feet. If you go into a prison, you've been into a county jail and a holdover, they're sending you upstate, they're sending you to a federal prison, wherever it's going to be. That you get off the bus, you're going to be a newbie, you're either going to go to what they call the hold the whole until they get go to captain's review if it's if you're a high enough classified inmate like myself then you're going to go for classification and then the captain's going to see if he wants you on his yard but if you just get on the yard and you got your bedroll and you walk into the unit the first thing you got to do is look at what people are wearing on their feet are they wearing boots and sneakers at nine at night before count be careful People are waiting for it to jump off at any time. Anytime. They're waiting for someone to stab somebody, a riot to jump off, something like that. If people are walking around with their flip-flops, their shower shoes, and they're joking around and they're old buddies, I'm not worried about this prison. This is just going to be a jerk-off prison where I can, okay, I got it. Yeah, I get you who you are. Watch the prison where they're walking around with their sneakers and their boots because then something's going to go people know what's going to happen. It's time. Something's going to jump off at any time. And I've seen that happen in medium security prisons that you'll watch everybody walking around with their boots on or their sneakers. Something's not right. Your hackles go up. You get a, you get a weird feeling. It's amazing how you get a sixth sense when you've been in prison because you know what's going to happen. You could feel tension. I could feel tension. But that's what happens. So that's the toughest prisons in the United States, the ones you feel the tension. But classification, ADX, Supermax, Florence, Colorado, number one, 
couple of state prisons, but where I was at, Edgefield or Atlanta, you know, the guards treated me so bad at Edgefield, this new prison, and it still sucked. Atlanta, Atlanta was a wild, wild ride, and, and I was pretty new in the system at that time, and I survived a rough ride, and it was just uh, two, two prisons that are neck and neck, and if I had to rate one, if I had to go back to one of those prisons, I first of all, I wouldn't go back. I don't know what I would do, but I wouldn't go back to one of those prisons. I'm not going to go to a prison as it is. And But I understand why people say I'll never go to prison again. Because once you've been there and once you've been through what I've been through, you're never going to want to go to prison in your life. And it's just because, especially when you see see the good of people out here like you guys here on, on this channel. So anyway... I'm going to give those two prisons a tie. I know, a tie. Atlanta, Edgefield. Atlanta, Edgefield. Atlanta, Edgefield. Two of the worst prisons in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And that's when I was there. I don't know how they are now. I still know they, they suck. But there's other penitentiaries that I hear are just as bad or worse now. So I'm not sure what's going on in that range. But as far as when I was in, those were the worst. I hope you liked what I talked about. I hope you understand prison is not for uh, uh, the faint of heart. And please don't go to prison. Make good choices. You don't need to be there. Nobody needs to be there. They really don't. Just make some good choices out there. Keep supporting us because we're going to make changes. we got a lot of great videos coming out. Expert Deep is coming out right now with me Saturday. Uh, him and I, we're going to be collaborating on GTA, and we're going to do a video on that. And the cooking show is starting, so stay tuned. I'm getting in my RV in a couple weeks and going on the road. The guests will be coming. A whole bunch of coming here, everybody, from a podcast to the cooking show. So stay tuned. Thanks for being a member, or thanks for being a subscriber on my channel. And if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Uh, and everybody... Thanks for your support. You know it means a lot to me. It really does. It means a lot to everybody here. We're working hard to give you guys what you want. And I hope you like this part of the video as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Stay straight. Stay safe. Make good choices. Have a good one.